Welcome to episode 47 of From the Shed End podcast with myself, T-Dot, and I'm joined by Theo. So how are you doing, Theo? Yeah, not so bad. I'm still recovering from this, whatever it was, COVID or not COVID, but slowly getting back on my feet. Um, yeah. But enjoy the, the last couple of games, which is which is good. Yeah, good, good. And um, we had some brilliant games. Obviously, you you sort of missed the, the last sort of... Um, output that we did in terms of Liverpool which was a brilliant game then just before we start then if you want to give your thoughts on that because it was obviously a good game um probably the best I I said the best performance from Chelsea that we've seen this season but I don't know if you agree with that yeah um I mean we had some very good performances earlier in the season uh, even in that the game against Juventus um that was a very good performance as well Leicester away but the fight that we put in and, you know, given the circumstances, the players that were absent, I thought it was a very good performance. Um, we speak, we spoke a lot about draws this season that I felt like defeats, whereas this draw almost felt like a victory. You know, the fact we're 2-0 down against Liverpool, who are a very, very good team with, I want to say, a, a very good squad. They had, they had Mane, they had Salah, they didn't have their first choice keeper, but it's still a very good keeper. And again, um, you know, very quickly on their first goal, uh, which came against the run of play, it was a defensive mistake from Chalobah. You know, the ball's, you know, knee height for him. He just needs to clear that. I don't know why he's going in for a header. Um, but to be fair on Chalobah, he did redeem himself later in the game with a great um, challenge on um, Salah to prevent another goal. Um, but then, yeah, the, I'm sure you, you spoke about them before the Kovacic and Pulisic goal were absolutely brilliant. And we were yeah. both at the game together. And the atmosphere at Stamford Bridge was electric. You yeah. know, when that Pulisic goal went in, there's a lot of videos, you know, surfacing on, on Twitter, Instagram of the roar from the crowd. But when you were at Stanford Bridge, you really felt it. Yeah. And then the second half kind of went at that same manic pace as the first half, but just didn't have the goals, you know, which almost gave us a breather. But at the same time, we as Chelsea fans, you felt we could have won it. But all in all, before kickoff, I said I'd take a draw and we got the, the point. So, um, yeah, I'm happy of the, the performance. I'm really happy of the fight from the players the midfield performance, especially from Kovacic and um, and uh, it was Jorginho um, and Kante. Um, so um, yeah, brilliant performance. I'm really happy. Yeah, and obviously the only, I suppose the only downside to that was Trevor Chalobah's injury, which um, I think he was a doubt for that game anyway. He wasn't expected to start due to a hamstring a constant in, a hamstring injury that he'd had before before kickoff. So um, that was probably the only downside. But then let's let's move it to the Carabao Cup. Obviously, before um, the game, I gave a prediction of 2-0. So I was happy that I got that right for once. Um, but let, let's let's talk about the game. Obviously, it was a couple of changes um, in, in the lineup as well. But again, brilliant performance. Um, unfortunately, I missed the first goal. I, was, I think I mentioned it to you, I was trying to get into the stadium and sprinting round to the um, to the East, East stand. But give, give your thoughts on, on, on the game. I think, obviously, when you beat Tottenham, you're always happy. Um, they're still, you know, it drops half done. Let's put it like that. We still have to go to North London and get the victory there or not lose by more than two goals. Um, but I think what really impressed me the most by the, the, the victory was um, we played a new formation. We played four at the back, which I don't think we've ever played with under Tuchel. We changed the system. We brought in some players that haven't featured in quite a long time. And we actually put in a very, very good performance. You know, players like Malung Saar, Sarnagez, which we'll talk about in a minute, were probably, you know, the two standout players for me or two, amongst the two standouts with um, Hakim Ziyech. So I think that's what impressed me the most. And 
all the noise that's happening with Lukaku coming in and out of the team. Um, to be fair, he, probably Lukaku was the poorest player on the pitch. I don't really think contributed much and players like the ones I mentioned almost felt like they were trying to earn the fans forgiveness more than Lukaku but other than that you know I spoke I've speaking I asked a lot of times this season to you know go into the break with a comfortable or healthy lead and that's what we did against Spurs 2-0 at half time so I was really pleased with that and um, you know everywhere they go the Spurs get battered in a way so <laughs> it's um it's kind of like same odd for, for Tottenham Hotspur so um yeah two months and I, I was right behind the dugout actually, and so was I love to see is you don't really see it much on TV, but it's Thomas Tuchel. It's how mm. animated he is. Even when we're losing two 0 even after we just scored the first goal, he's screaming at his players. He's you know giving a bollocking to Alonso for God knows what reason. He's you know furious with the fourth official with his assistant. And then there's Conte next to him, who we know from Chelsea fans, we know this the most. He's probably one of the most animated managers in the league, you know. Mm. And he was so, and he looked like he, he was defeated from the first minute. He didn't know what was happening. He was sulking. His head was in his hands half the game. So I think that was quite interesting to see the comparison between the two managers. And then the post-match, post-match interviews, you know, summed it up perfectly, with the body language of both of them. But um, but yeah, pleased that we beat Spurs, and obviously now um, we need to you know cement that victory in the in the second leg, and then obviously beat them once again in the in the league end of Jan. Yeah, got a lot of football to play against Spurs, but um, it's, it's interesting you pick up around um, Thomas Tuchel, Conte, the difference. Um, one thing I do want to shout out actually is the, the, the TV camera guys because I was sat just above them and the amount of work that they have to do. I didn't realise how much work they have to do. They're, they've got an extra uh, star on their jacket from me because they they do a lot. Um, but yeah, just sorry, in terms of Tuchel and um, Conte, he did look very defeated, especially after his press conference. He, he admitted that Chelsea are, you know, uh, well, Spurs are miles away from Chelsea in terms of quality, in terms of the way that they play in their football at the moment. And um, it was surprising he was so honest. You know, I think he... He's got no choice. Um, I suppose at the moment for Conte, the the sort of magnitude of the job, the, the expectations of the job are so slowly sinking in um, for him, whether he's had conversations with uh, the owners or, or whatever. But it just seemed like going into the game, there wasn't any confidence in that Spurs team at all. Um, you, you look at Son and Kane, you think, that might make a couple of chances, but it was just very disjointed. Um, I have to, again, shout out Sanchez, uh, Tantanga and, and uh Davis, because I think they were the best players, not just for Spurs, but for Chelsea as well. Um, I thought, I thought at the back they were awful. I thought, um, you, you know, not just for the goals. I think Sanchez sort of almost allows Havertz goal to go in. I think he helps it go into the goal. And obviously, we've seen the, the Ben Davies and, and Tantanga sort of mix up for the second one. But just overall, you know, there was so much gaps and and opportunities for us to score. Um, thinking about, you know, Timo Werner had a brilliant chance where he sort of almost tries to finesse it round and get it into the the, the, the uh, far post. It's unfortunate. There's a beautiful pass, I think, from Hakim Ziyech, I think in the second half as well, where he just pings the ball over to Vernon. It is unfortunate because he's just got to try and lift it over um, Lloris, or he's got to try and take it round him. So it, overall, I'm, I'm surprised we only came away with two goals. Mm. I think, it, we, you know, we should have had maybe three or four of the opportunities. Lukaku, I agree with you, he had... I'm just thinking off the top of my head, I think he had one clear, clear chance, a header. It was a almost a yeah. free header and he, he just missed time that 
the jump or he just he, he's got to do better you know I said in, in the um, the YouTube video that we put, I put out before the game he has to do better now he has to start not just still scoring goals but um, you know a number of occasions he's drifting against that left side or he's, he's drifting to the wider areas and you know we're picking up the ball in great places um, you know on the pitch but there's just no number nine in the box and throughout the game I kept screaming you know we, we need the number nine in the box that's where you should be you should be in the box not sort of looking for the ball on the wing which which is very frustrating um, I don't know if you picked up on that as well and I know we've mentioned it on here before that he, he does tend to drift out of his position quite mm-hmm. a lot do you reckon do you reckon that's a tactical thing from Tuchel or do you, do you reckon it's just um, lack of understanding around the tactics from, from Lukaku I think it's more maybe players like Mount Havertz and Lukaku are just so used to switching it up. But let's face it, Lukaku is not a player that you want to have on the wing. And a few times he did find himself, you know, by that corner flag, trying to force his way into the penalty box and it didn't really work for him. Mm. But, um, you know, we saw it with Verno last season when he was playing as a false nine, Havertz at times as well. But um, I think you need to have, if you are going to do that, you need to be quite fluid with your movement. And Lukaku at times isn't that type of player. But like you said, I think overall um, it's it's a victory, but it almost was disappointing because it could have and should have been more. You know, we had so many chances. We, I think, um, like yeah, you mentioned the, the Werner chance from a beautiful ball from Hakim Ziyech. I think Lukaku had a few, you know, quite weak attempts at t- on on goal, which Lloris uh, made some comfortable saves. Um, but yeah, um, comfortable kind of victory. And uh, the only kind of chance I can remember from Spurs was the free kick from Harry Kane, which was a good save from. Kepa is a Balaga, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree. Now, we do have to talk about Sal Niguez, who, um, if you've ever listened to this podcast before, you, you'll know that myself and Haydar, who joins us um, on the podcast as well, we were both adamant he needs to go. We, we said it numerous occasions that he needs to go. He's not good enough. Um, you know, he's not putting in the work rate. Theo was a, a, one of those very few Chelsea fans, let's, let's have it right, that was ready to give him the, the opportunity, give him the time to adjust and gel into the team. And I've got to hold my hands up. I've got it completely wrong. Hopefully he continues on this path now of, of putting in performances like he did against Spurs, because not only just for his creative play, but just for tracking back, winning the ball. He was, he was everywhere. He was everywhere. What what was your thoughts on him for you? I'll let you I'm have really, the floor. Yeah. I'll let you have the floor because it's your, it's your time. No, first year, I kind of, I'm really pleased for him because he's proving a lot of people wrong, you know, since that second half appearance against Wolves and then the Brentford game in the cup. And then now this Spurs game, he's been brilliant. And I'm going on another podcast this, um, this afternoon with a fan who I remember he never wants to see Sal again in a Chelsea shirt after the <laughs> Watford game. So that's going to be an interesting conversation with him. I wasn't that but, bad, um, but <laughs> yeah, no, you weren't as bad to be fair. I think Ida was a bit worse than you, but, yeah, um, yeah. but no, I'm really pleased for him because you have to remember he's coming to a new country. The last day of the deadline of the transfer window, no preseason with the team, doesn't know the language, um, you know, new manager, new system, new league, new city. There's so many factors that, you know, external factors that could have been influencing his performance. And then he started in that Villa game, you know, very soon after, um, that he signed with maybe no kind of preparation ahead of the game. So there were a lot of reasons why he could have maybe been underperforming. But, um, you know, the, the performance he put in yesterday um, or two days ago against Tottenham makes you realise that this is why we signed this guy on loan. This is why this guy played in you know, two Champions League finals. This is why this guy, you know, captained um, Atletico Madrid when he was so young. And his performance um, against uh, on um, on, the, on uh, Tuesday night, on Wednesday night, sorry, was... Um, it remi- reminded me a bit of like a almost a Kante Fabregas hybrid performance because he had, I think, the most 
tackles, I think six tackles in total. He had the joint most interceptions on the pitch. He had um, 100% accuracy in long balls, 89% accuracy in pass in passing. So, you know, it was just an all-around midfield domination, you know, performance that you want to be seeing. And I think the moment that I remember all the Chelsea fans stood up and applauded him was when he put in a brilliant challenge on her human son, you know, to yeah. deny him. So, and it just felt like he was hungry as well. And I, and Tuchel after said, yeah, this is the performance I want from Saudi. He's learning so much. He's developing now. And um, the last thing I will say about him is just credit to Aspilicueta because I think Aspilicueta has been brilliant to him. Um, you know, just introducing him into the Chelsea team. I think um, Aspi or Sal, one of the two said that um, whenever Sal needs um, Aspi, he's there for him, you know, to call him on the phone, to have a conversation with him. So that's, you know, what you want to see from your captain who, you know, speak, who, who has players, you know, in a squad that speak the language from his home country. But yeah, um, honestly, if he carries on like that, is it 30 million for his... Um, that we we can buy him for, looking like a bargain. It's looking like a bargain, but he needs to, he needs to he needs to keep it up. Obviously, there's still a big part of the season to go, but we're going to need him, you know, because we're going to get more injuries in midfield. So that's a performance, and this is against that was against Tottenham. We have to remember who are still a good team. So um, I'm really pleased for him. A, a Tottenham team that had almost their best squad out as well. We, we've got to have yep. that right. I know they had one or two changes in that team, but it's pretty much a very you know, very good. Spurs squad as well. I'm just wondering with the change in formation in the system that we played, did that suit Salonagez probably a bit more, you know, in terms of it? Because I almost felt like we played 4-2-2-2. And I'm not sure if we did, but um, if that's the case, then, you know, if we did do that, then does that suit Salonagez a bit more? Maybe. I think he was playing in a midfield alongside, who was it? Was it Jorginho? Yeah. And I'm thinking, I think Atletico back in the day, they used to always play with a back four, if I remember. They were quite bog standard of their formation. It always used to be a 4-4-2, I remember. Yeah. So maybe that suits Sal Naguez. I know that he can play centre mid, he can play left midfield, he can play CDM. He can maybe play left wing back, but I think that doesn't really, that's not his preferred position. Mm. So um, but yeah, that kind of gives him a lot of freedom in midfield. Um like I said, it kind of reminded me a bit of a Fabregas performance and Fabregas could have played a lot of those positions. He was very versatile where he could mm. play in midfield. So uh, yeah, uh, maybe the formation suited him more. Um, I'm, I'm not really a tactical expert when it comes to analysing systems and formations, but you know. Yeah, it was interesting to see the change in him. I think it suited him probably a bit better, um, having that luxury to manoeuvre a bit better with, within the formation. Um, it'd be interesting to see if Thomas Tuchel continues with that as well, because obviously we've still got a couple of those injuries, you know, lengthy ones, Ben Chilwell um, be, being the, the obvious one. But um, there's going to be a lot, obviously a lot of changes come Saturday. We've got Chesterfield in the FA Cup. Um I'm expecting a lot of changes, to be honest, because obviously we've got some key games coming up. We've got Spurs again. We've got Man City the following weekend. This is a perfect opportunity for us to to rest some key players, bring in um, Harvey Vale as well, and and Bentinelli, who will hopefully make his debut as well. What's your thoughts going into the game? Because obviously we expect to get through this round easy with with ease. Um, home home fixture is brilliant as well, so. Is it going to be as easy as, as putting out some some of the youngsters and, and cruising the game? You can't. I mean, no disrespect to Sheffield, but we should be winning it. But at the same time, you need to have that quite smart formation of like we played against Brentford in the, mm. in the League Cup, like a mix of youth and maybe a couple of players of experience mm. that they can rely on if there's any anything goes wrong. Yeah. So yeah, all the players you mentioned, Harvey Vale, 
Bettinelli, um, Simons, I think who played against, um, uh, Brentford. Um, there was another, another lad, I think, cool. um, Paulia, you know, play a few of those players and, um, some more, more youngsters might make it into the team. Barkley will get, you know, a run out, um, sound the gears again. I think, you know, he, he's, he's on like a confidence wave at the moment to play him again. Um, and then rest some of the more important players, you know, rest those players that are at risk of getting injury or be playing a lot of football, you know, the Rudigers, uh, the, the, maybe even, um, Mason Mount. Dar- Mason Mount. That's another one. Yeah. Jorginho who's been, you know, yeah. been playing for a back injury. Um, and then you kind of do wonder, do you play a team of Werner and Lukaku who need the goals for their confidence? You know, this, this type of game that they can easily get a hat trick in or some, something similar to that. So like I said, it, play a mix of experience and um and youth and we'll get a result and I think it'll be quite a, a high a high scoring result and if I'm honest um I can't see us losing this one or you know not qualifying to the next round. Yeah, I have to I have to agree. I think um you know obviously you'd like to to be able to rest as many players as possible. I would probably start Lukaku and and probably even Timo Werner who's coming off the back of sort of the injury and 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 the uh, I think he's covid as well wasn't it I think as well. So hmm. um you know, give him that, that that time to just gel back into the team, get back some match fitness as well. I think it makes perfect sense, if I'm honest. Um, interesting to see if Harvey Vell starts. I think he deserves it. I think he's, again, I've watched him a lot for um, the development squad and he's, he's, a, he's a player that will hopefully, you know, next season progress into the senior squad a lot more. Um, he, you know, he's someone that has got the quality to be able to do that. So, you know, why not, why not bring him into these games and give him that sort of, you could see how, how much it meant to him to start at, uh, to, to come on, sorry, at Stamford Bridge in the week, uh, making his debut in the senior squad at Stamford Bridge. So why not, you know, m- maybe start him, um, you know, bring him off after, you know, 60, 70 minutes and, and, and do something like that. But um, yeah, you know, I agree with you. I, I can't see chess. And again, this is no disrespect to Chesterfield. Um, you know, I know they're in relatively good form in the, in their, uh, I think in the national league. So um, yeah, they're top of the league in, in the national. So they could, they could throw a spanner in the works and, and do, do um, you know, get, get a replay or, or yeah. um, I do know, have nightmares of that Bradford game that I think we played um, back about six years ago and they knocked yeah. us out. So we can't get too confident, but it's yeah. one of those games, you know, when you look at the depth we have in our squad and, you know, the players that are coming fit, fit again and the youth players that are performing that, you know, we should be winning. Another youth yeah. player that, I'm not sure if he's injured or out with COVID, but Javier um, Embuyamba, I think, Dutch centre-back. Yeah, yeah. He's been out like for a while. Him. He's only just come back yeah, into I think he's come back. But he was on the bench for a recent game. So I think, you know, type of player as well that could play a part um, in, tom- in um, tomorrow's game as well. Yeah, because there's been a lot of expectation when he signed for the club. There was a lot of expectation. Obviously, a lot of people like to dub you know, if they come from a certain, um, you know, national country or they're certain nationalities, like to dub them as someone who, so it was always this sort of, you know, he's a, he's almost like a Van Dyke-esque player and mm. things like that. But, um, you know, I, I'll be honest, I haven't seen much football yeah. since he's been at Chelsea, obviously due to his injury. So um, again, it would be interesting to see if he's even on the bench or if he starts. I agree with you, Rudiger Christensen, um, obviously who's out anyway, I think. Um, Aspie, maybe, maybe rest him. Not sure, but we can't really afford to rest too many fullbacks given the injuries that we have. So, if we do rest fullbacks, you could start in a back in a back five in a back three um, in a right wing back. But I think Mm. we might because we have so little options in um, in defence at the moment, and we want to rest a lot of players. We Mm. could play a back four again. I think that's the most likely thing to do, which would maybe mean I think um, 
uh, was it Simons? I think he's a right yes. back, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah, so he might start more game time for Alonso if we can't find a left back um, to play. And I think maybe, you know, Malangsar and Embuyamba or Malangsar and Rudiger again. I'm not sure, but we need to maybe have that experienced player and defender who can uh, orchestr- orchestrate things from the back. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent, hundred percent. Let's let's move on. We've mentioned a few of them already, but let's move on because obviously, I read this morning that um, negotiations negotiations are ongoing with um, Antonio Rudiger, who seems to have called down his interest or vice versa with Real Madrid, who by the looks of it don't look like they're going to try and sign him. Does that open the door for us to to sign him uh, or extend his contract? I should say. Um, Personally, I'll give you my opinion, and I think I've kind of warmed to this situation now. Not for the price, not for the four hundred thousand he wants. If there's a negotiation that we can, you know, come to some amicable amicable agreement in terms of wages, I think we've got to sign him. I think we've got to give him that contract because he's at the moment, bar Thiago Silva, who's in his own different category, he's our best centre back at the moment. And I don't know if you agree that we should potentially look at risking losing Christensen keeping Rudiger obviously we've got Thiago Silva now as well for another year so what's your thoughts on the centre-back situation who, who would you more likely like to see sign a deal first uh, Christensen and Rudiger I'd like to see both of them sign deals um, this same my same kind of opinion I had in the summer I wanted them to sign deals before Christmas and now it's January they're flirting with other clubs pleased to see that Real Madrid have you know no longer interested but you know it's a f- football is football for you know they'll be interested again in March, April time. You never know what's going to happen. And football is football, just like how, you know, Rudiger could sign a deal, a new deal, you know, on the last day of May or something like that. But um, yeah, I think it's whether you kind of prioritise a player who's a bit younger, who's got four or five, you know, years more in, in him in Christensen or a player that literally is playing so well at the moment with the best centre-backs in the world in Antonio Rudiger. And I do think if I have to ask myself that question, it would be which player would I want to take into a Champions League final? Maybe, you know, and I would probably be Antonio. Yeah, would probably be Antonio Rudiger. So, um, yeah, but £400,000 for me is still too much. But if we can get that lowered to 300000 which I think is what he initially wanted before other clubs started offering him 400000 or talking, you know, talks about 400000 then I'd be happy to keep him. Um, it's a decision the club has to make. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of conversations happening behind the scenes that we don't know about. But if we can keep um, Rudiger, it'd be a you know a brilliant piece of business, and it'd feel like a new signing. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. And you can see as much as you know as much as we want him to stay. You know, he 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 loves the reception he gets from the fans. You can tell that when you go to the games or you watch watch the games. Um, you know, he loves to sort of get the the fans going as well. So there's a there's a love-love relationship, obviously, from his side and from the Chelsea fan side as well. So it will be, for me, a massive loss if we did lose him. Um, what one aspect I wanted to talk about as well was obviously Kieran Trippier's signed for Newcastle, I think for around 12 million, two and a half year deal. Did we, did we lose out on that? Because I think that would have been, a, in my opinion, I'm not saying it's the answer. I'm not saying he's solving problems for us but he can play right and left and I think you know we, we, Emerson looks like he's staying where he is he doesn't like we can recall him Ian Matson it's, it's gone all quiet over there as well so mm-hmm. have we missed a, a trick maybe not signing Kieran Trippier I mean he's yeah he's, I think he's 31 years old it would have been a short-term solution for sure um, like you say, he can play left back, right back, and he's he's been played in you know wing back formations before. 
with England and Atletico at times, I think. So he's a good player, but maybe the fact that we let Newcastle sign in for what is quite cheap money in 12 million probably means that we're, we've got another solution or another, you know, we've got another plan, which would probably be a Luca Dean. I think as Dest has been linked from Barcelona. And I still think our, you know, our main kind of, we're relying, I think you mentioned it's not, might not happen, but I think Emerson is the main priority for us. Mm. If we can try to agree something with him and Lyon to get, bring him back. And that would make the most sense. A player that knows the club, knows the Premier League, knows the teammates. I just see like that would make the most solution. And you think we'd be in a position of power. You know, he's mm. got, you know, one big contract with us, probably a smaller contract with Lyon. And there must be something in that contract that says we can bring him back, even if it means paying him out of that contract, which is probably cheaper than whatever we would have to pay to bring Dimi in, Trippier in, Sergio Dest. So I think that makes the most sense for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Dest. I, I, I think he's he's someone I'd love to see at Chelsea. But I agree with you. If we're talking from a business perspective, which is what Chelsea love to do, they love to, to get the best value for money or the best, you know, get the best business done. Um, you know, recalling Emerson, I suppose, is probably the best option. You know, it's probably the best option, and and I agree with you. I don't know what the holdup is. I don't know, like you said, I don't know if it's a, a clause in in the loan deal that's preventing it to be as smooth as it should be. Um, but I think I think it's there's um there's got to be something in there that we you know surely as he's our player there's got to be something in there that top trumps any sort mm, of deal exactly um, you know negotiations that took place when the deal was done in the first place so it's gonna for me it, it can't I'm warming to the idea of him coming back um, obviously we're not expecting him to play first fiddle you know I think Alonso's capable of doing that but I think we do need that cover um you know we've seen previously you know we've lost key parts of the team and then we've not had the cover to, to fulfill it so I think for me Emerson coming back is an option I still think Luca Dean's going to be the one I, I really do I think we'll, we'll get him <coughs> I think we'll end up getting him because he's ruled out I think Newcastle he's only looking at two clubs he's going to announce which one he's going to sign for this week I can see it being us. I really can. Yeah. I think. The, the, and if they've just signed another um, Rangers fullback, right, I right, think Everton. Right. Yeah, yeah. And they right signed back, the previous yeah. one, didn't they? Ukrainian um, one, yeah. Ukrainian. So it tells you that he's definitely not in the plans. We know that. I would have expected him potentially to go to Newcastle just because of the money side of things and and where they are currently at the moment, the project that they're trying to to do and build at the moment. But if he comes, he comes, you know, I think we've got to give him the opportunity, the chance to, to, uh, to gel. He does know the Premier League is, is, is relatively a, a good, um, you know, left back we, and he can play in that formation as a, a left wing back as well. So he's not, it's not the all and end, but yeah, I think for me, Kieran Trippier, if it's short term solution, which is what I said a few weeks ago, Let's let's look at a short term solution. Kieran Trippier made a lot more sense. He's good on you know free kicks as well. He's a good set piece taker. Um, yeah, I just feel like we missed a trick. Twelve million in today's world is not a lot of money. Yeah, having score a free kick against Spurs as well would have been nice. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you know, it would have been, would have been a win win. Would have been mm. a win win. Just as we move on and we wrap up um, again, I was reading this morning. Cesar's be Equator is definitely flirting with Barcelona, I think, at the moment. A couple of Spanish clubs, but I think Barcelona's the the main one. Um, obviously, he wants a two-year deal. As he's over 30, Chelsea, very, it's very unlikely Chelsea would offer a 30-plus-year-old player a two-year contract. It's normally the one year with the year 
extension as option. For me, he's a club legend and I, I don't use that word, you know, for many Chelsea players, but he is a club legend. And should there not be an exception for, for Cesar, just as he's the club legend, he's, he's someone who's pretty much won everything. I think at the club, he's captained the club to champions league glory recently as well. Should there not be an exception two year deal? Let's keep him here for another two years. And then after that, we can we can let him go or he can move on if needs be? Yeah, you'd, you'd hope so and you'd think so. Um, his last two performances against Liverpool and Tottenham were very, very good as well. You know, we said a lot that he, at times that he didn't have the legs, but he played in a right wing-back position, um, I think, for the first half or a majority of the game against Liverpool. And um, he played really well. He played very, very well. He was creating space, finding players. Um, same again, he played in his... Um, or his preferred position of right back, you know, back to the Lampard and pre-Tuchel era um, against Tottenham. And again, he played a very good game of football. He is the captain. He is, you know, that big, big figure and big personality you want to have in the dressing room. You know, when um, I'm just waiting as well for a moment where Tuchel gets COVID, which is, you know, going to happen soon, I think. You know, you look at Pep, you look at Klopp, you look at Arteta, they've all got it. So I think Tuchel is going to get COVID soon. And that's when you want your captain in the dressing room at halftime before the game, you know, to rally up the players. And that's when you want your Cesar as Piliqueta. And I do think it's like you said, I don't really think of it, but he is a club legend and you have to almost make an exception for that. A bit like when you gave Lampard that one deal after, you know, he scored that record-breaking goal mm-hmm. at Villa. You felt like they made almost a little exception there. Well, no, it was only a one-year deal. But um, but yeah, they've got to make some kind of exception. Hopefully um, we can agree something. And even I think as Piliqueta would it would want to be stay even if it's a year you'd think that would be his kind of like his plan b but we'll see yeah yeah I, and fingers crossed it happens because i think you know in the past we've seen we've made that mistake of allowing players to to move on and you know we, we we've we've sat we, you know we've suffered for it we've we've suffered for it so i think he's someone who again we don't expect him to be playing you know we've got Reese James there we've mentioned some of the youth players that can come in and fill that role in as well so for me personally it's something that I hope happens but if it doesn't then it does leave a massive gap in that position so that's going to be an, that, that for me is the key one now we've got Thiago Silva over the line I think Aspiakot has got to be the next one that we've mm-hmm. got to look at you know getting that deal done um, and, and, and keeping the captain here keeping Dave here yeah because sure. I think if the, the Christensen and Rudiger want to Realistically, if they they do sign new deals at Chelsea, it will be, I think, now March, April, May time, yeah. rather than any time soon. Whereas Aspilicueta, I think, even was talking about his situation at Chelsea, saying that he's committed, you know, how much he loves the club. And I think if he does sign a new deal, that could easily be, you know, in the next couple of months. So all eyes on that one now. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But as mentioned, you know, we've got a big game, I say a big game. It's a game that we. It's a game that we should be winning. I'm not going to. A big scoreline. A big scoreline. Big, big scoreline. Let's let's have that one instead. Um, but Chesterfield have only lost once in the league this season. Um, I think they've only conceded 16 goals. So I am expecting a lot of goals from us. Um, but I think it'll be a, lot, a bit more difficult than we probably anticipate. If I'm honest, I think I'm going to quickly do predictions before we wrap up. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to go for two nil again. Two uh, nil's been working for me last couple of games, so I'm going to go two nil. I'll go with 4-1 Chelsea. 
Yeah. You, you, in fact, you expect, I'm going to go 2 1. I'm going to change it. You, ex, you, you expect a goal. You do expect a goal. Benton and Lee in goal changes in the back. You expect a goal from Chesterfield. So you're 2 1. And sorry, you're going for 4 1. 4. Yeah. 4 1. Okay. Right. You heard it here first. So episode 47 don't forget to subscribe to the youtube channel please everyone who has subscribed we appreciate it we you know we we like to interact with as much people not just on youtube but on twitter as well and instagram so again make sure you follow us the link will be in the description and again follow the accounts interact with us let us know your thoughts and also subscribe on apple and spotify if you're listening and watching on youtube make sure you search for us on there as well so you can listen back to all the previous episodes that we've done but this has been episode 47 theo as always thank you for joining me and we will be back next week with another episode thanks for listening